Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. What's up, Dio? What's up, John <laughs> Coleman? How you doing? I'm doing good. I think some of my energy level is waning. I had to go I mean, uh, refill this with a little bit of H2O. Yeah. And uh, we're going to give it a go. Yeah. We're going to give it a go. Back by popular demand. Yes. Listener slash viewer request. Yes. Is going to be this episode. Okay. We love doing this, I'm right? I'm excited. Yes. What is it going to yeah. be? Tell me now. Tell me now. You're not excited about this. I am. Look, let me tell you who's going to get excited about this. Who? People who are brand freaking new to the business, okay. the mortgage business. This is going to be very geeky, industry specific. Okay. Or people who train other people who are brand new to the mortgage industry. <laughs> okay. Or people who manage mm-hmm. other people okay. who are brand new to the mortgage <laughs> industry. Okay. Look, if you fit in one of those categories, this episode will be for you. Mm-hmm. This is by listener slash viewer request. Yes. We say listener or viewer because. This one came in via email. Uh-huh. Okay, so they could be listening to us on Spotify. They could be listening to us on Apple Podcast or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just saw one of the clips that you post mm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. or LinkedIn. Yes, sir. By the way, at the Loan Officer Podcast is where you are going to find us on every medium. You can look me up individually, Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. But I promise you, I look at Instagram, Facebook, and the Loan Officer Podcast on LinkedIn as mm-hmm. much as I do mm-hmm. um, my personal stuff, mm-hmm. including my personal email, mm-hmm. uh, office number as well. By the way, if you ever want to call me at the office, people do this, by the way. I know. People do this, and I'm like, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Um, 407-645-6363. Yeah. Look, if I have time, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Like, it may be three minutes, it may be five minutes. Hey, word of the wise, I may be on one of my super highs. Maybe I just had an appointment cancel. And I'm like, oh, WTF, I'll talk your ears off for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. No promises, though. Okay. All right. So, no, we are going to take the audience mm-hmm. start to finish through the mortgage process. Okay. And when I say the mortgage process, I'm talking about from the lead comes in uh-huh. to daddy got paid. Yeah. Like everything in between. Because I think the question was, Dio, how does this whole thing work? Yeah. And I was like, ooh. That's a great question. That's a great question, (laughs) right? That's a great question. I think my actual advice was, hey, you should probably look at investing 10 or 20 bucks on Starbucks coffee. Yeah, that's what it is. Or if you're on a Starbucks, maybe you're up from your old neck Mm -hmm. of the woods and you prefer Dunkin' Donuts coffee. (laughs) Uh, That's fine, too. Just go ahead and budget 10 or $20. Do a Google search. Figure out who the top producers are that do what you want to do. I'm a big fan of this, by the way, in general. Find people who already do what you want to do. Treat them to coffee, a beer, a glass of wine, lunch, breakfast, what have you, and pick their brain. Most good people are willing to donate their time, especially if they see themselves in you and they're getting something free out of it, like, I don't know, breakfast. There you go. Or coffee. So that was actually my answer. And then I started thinking more and more about it. I'm like, eh, you know what? This could be a good episode. Yeah. Um, and, And even I think I had to wrap my head around it. Because this episode isn't just for people who are trying to break into the mortgage industry, but Mm -hmm. it's for their managers. It's for their trainers, Mm. right? So if you're managing or training future leaders of the mortgage profession, this episode's for you. Nice. I want to go back to like 1980s. This Bud's for you. (sighs) Harry Carey uh, at like a a, uh, Chicago Cubs Mm -hmm. day game. Mm -hmm. This Bud's for you. Damn. 
All right, this episode's for you. Okay. So let's go. Okay. Ready to rock? Yeah. Any questions you have before I get started? No. I'm I'm thoroughly excited to see where this goes because I kind of I kind of think I understand the process since I've been here for years, so I'm excited to see what I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So we're gonna start with the lead. Okay. Everything starts with the lead. Either you generated it as as the loan officer or your company generated it. Okay. If you go back and listen to the catalog of episodes that we have at this point, because <laughs> we are in the hundreds now, <laughs> yeah. you hear me say this. The rich man is the man who controls the lead. Or woman, mm-hmm. right? Person. Mm-hmm. So if it's not you generating the lead, that's okay. But also understand that that's going to come with some kind of a financial pitfall, meaning you're not going to make the most money if you're not the one generating the lead. But someone has to, right? You could work in a call center and your employer blasts millions of dollars into TV ads the TV ads make the phone ring. Mm-hmm. Bingo, you have a lead. Mm-hmm. It could be you work at a bank and that bank has millions of customers mm-hmm. and that customer decides, I want to buy a house, I need a mortgage, let me call my bank. Mm-hmm. Bingo, you have a lead. It could be that you work for a home builder and people want to buy a brand new home, they come into your subdivision, the builder's like, hey, look, I'd love to sell you a house, but you first need to prove to me that you're going to pay cash or that you can obtain financing. Boom, you have a lead. Okay. And you could purchase leads, bankrate.com, Zillow, Lending Tree, what have you. Well, you have a boatload of leads. Here. They're crappy leads. Yes. Sub, they're terrible leads. Sub subpar. But yeah, but they're leads. Yeah. Okay. Eventually, if you make enough phone calls, yeah. you'll turn one of those into a real live human being. Yeah who actually has a pulse and has interest in talking to you about what you do for a living because they need your services. Bingo, you have a lead. Or what we do really well here at Waterstone Mortgage and a lot of my friends at the mortgage banking community do really well, we go out and we shake the lead tree. Hmm. We make the leads rain because we're building relationships with referral sources, typically real realtors, builders, CPAs, HR managers, etc. Mm-hmm. Past clients, etc. Okay. So lead comes in. Perfect. You have to do something with that lead. You have to make sure that lead qualifies. So what does that mean? Well, that means you're going to ask them a series of questions, take down their personal information, check their credit, verify the answers they gave you mm-hmm. because you're ultimately trying to pre-approve them for financing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're also, when you ask them questions, you're not asking them questions because you're just trying to fill out a questionnaire. You're also trying to get to know them. You're trying to figure out what their personal financial situation is because you should be at a point in your career where you're giving advice. You're letting people know, well, hey, look, it's great that you want to put down $17,000, but $15,000 is 5%. Let's keep that extra two grand so you have reserve assets and here's what reserve assets are and here's why you need them. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera, right? Your deal structuring. Mm-hmm. This is not a takedown information, quote rate, quote payment, and move on type industry. If that's what you're doing, then know this. You're a noob. That's okay. It's a good place to start, but it's not where you need to be in 90 days. It's not where you need to be in 180 days. It's not what your career is going to be all about. Okay? It's about more than just that. But lead comes in. You pre-approve them. When you pre-approve them, John, do I th- do you think I just take their word for their income, their assets, and their credit, or do I verify it? You know, as much as you would love to take their word for it, I'm pretty sure you got to verify what the hell they're saying. You're supposed to. Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to. I would train you that way. Okay, we don't pre-approve people 
without validation. So I want to verify your income with mm -hmm. your pay stubs and W-2s. I want to verify and possibly tax returns. I want to verify your assets with your bank statements or your mm -hmm. investment statements. I want to pull your credit. I want to see not just your credit score, but I want to see like who you owe money to, uh, how long you've had credit for, do you have any derogatory events? There are certain things that I'm, I'm mm -hmm. trained to look for. I want to ask you questions like, what's your comfort monthly payment? How much money do you have allocated to go towards this transaction? All of that is going to help me not just qualify you for a loan, but make sure I'm qualifying you for the right loan. Mm -hmm. Because I may qualify you for a loan that is way too much money for what you're trying to, to do. Gotcha. And end up putting you in a bad financial situation because now you can't do all the things you wanted to do, whether it was vacation, whether it's pay for your children's college tuition, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? So got the lead one way or the other. I talked to you. I figured out what it was you're trying to accomplish, your timeline, comfort monthly payment, budget. I ran some numbers for you. I got you pre-approved. Now you go out looking for a home. Now, if this is a refinance, there's no home to look for because you already own the home. Right. At, at which point you would skip this next step. But if you listen to the show enough, you know that we're going to train you and teach you to be purchase focused. The reason why you're going to be purchase focused is because look, People are going to buy homes whether rates are 2% or 12% mm -hmm. because people are going to be born, people are going to die, people are going to move, they're going to get married, they're going to get divorced, they're going to graduate from college, they're going to get new jobs, they're going to job transfer, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. All those life events are going to push people towards home ownership because they have realized that being a homeowner makes them 70 times more wealthy than a non-homeowner. Correct. They were taught that whether it's on this show or whether it was through some other type of vehicle, they've learned that. Therefore, we focus on the purchase. Refis are great. Refis maybe let you take a ski vacation mm -hmm. versus um, a vacation to your favorite local city. You know, it's like mm, yeah. um, a, a ski vacation, a, a, a refinances let you buy the five series and not the three series. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's like, it's it, they're cool when they come, but we don't make our, our living focusing on refinances. Yeah. So, your consumer, they go out, they find the home of their dreams. Now, throughout the process, they may be calling you and like, hey, John, can you run numbers for this? Hey, John, what would the payment be on this? Hey, John, mm -hmm. uh, how quick could you close this for me? Hey, John, is this going to work because uh, taxes are this and HOA dues yeah. are that? Right? That, that's transpiring, but eventually they're going to go under contract. <laughs> then they're going to call you. At which point, you now have to take their pre-approval and turn it into a full loan application. It's at this time you're going to talk to your customer about locking in an interest rate. Okay, now, this came up in the, the, the viewer's questioning. Where are they going to lock the interest rate? Well, it depends on where you work, right? If I work for a mortgage brokerage, I have to go out and find an investor, a third-party company, not the company I work for, mm. and I have to look at their rate sheet look at their qualifications, make sure my borrower meets their standards, their qualifications, mm -hmm. figure out what that rate is, and then I can lock that rate in with that company. And ultimately, I'm going to be sending that file, that, that borrower's file, to that company to underwrite. If you work for a bank, then you are going to be locking that interest rate with your bank. Your yeah. bank has a rate sheet. They come out twice a day, sometimes multiple times a day if the market's moving crazy, you lock in your interest rate and everything's going to stay in place. 
most of us anymore work at some kind of a hybrid. Like you hear me talk about Waterstone Mortgage because they're my employer, but there's other good, good, good IBMs out there. Companies like Guild, companies like Guaranteed Rate, like Novus Home Loans, Fairway, et cetera, where we're somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. We may or may not be owned by a bank, but we do still underwrite and process and fund our own loans. We may just deliver that loan somewhere else after the consumer closes on their financing and have that next company own the loan and handle collecting payments or the servicing of it. Yeah. So that the, the, the answer to this question is going to vary based on, well, are you a mortgage broker? Are you a mortgage banker? Are you a retail uh, yeah. you know, person? Because as okay. a as a independent mortgage banker, I technically, when I go to lock in your interest rate, I can put all your qualifications into my computer system. And my computer system is called a pricing engine. And we utilize Optimal Blue or OB. OB is going to show me six... 10, 12 different investors on the back end that are bidding for your loan today. And I can lock you in with the best investor and assuming your specifications meet all their requirements. Mm -hmm. But unlike the broker, I'm going to be able to still control that transaction. It's still going to be my appraisal management division ordering the appraisal, my processor processing, my underwriter underwriting it, mm -hmm. my closing department, people who also, the name on their W-2 matches the name of my W-2. Yeah. And I can probably enter office call them. Mm -hmm. So if I ever need anything or needed a favor, like something pushed through the system quick, yeah, you could. I could do that, unlike my broker friends who may or may not have that because the person who they're locking the loan with or mm -hmm. the company that's ordering the appraisal or handling the closing or the underwrite, that person's employer is different. Mm -hmm. They're a third party. And the bank's the bank's the bank. Like you think of Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, City, U.S. Bank, like that's where, I mean, yeah. the, the problem with that is that's what you get. Like like you only get one rate it sheet. You only get one set yeah. of guides. You know, the benefit is, hey, you know who's doing your loan. Yeah. You know, you, you know where the funds are coming from. Right. Uh, et cetera, right? Okay. So in the process, we talked about the lead, talked about pre-approving the person, person goes under contract because we're only talking about purchases right now because we want to focus on purchases. Yep. Um, now you have the contract. You have to turn your pre-approval into a full application. So what you're going to do is you're going to go back into your software. Now that you have a property address, you're going to input the property address. You're going to lock in the interest rate, however you want to do it. You want to look at the documents that were already received at pre-approval, because remember, we don't pre-approve people without verifying their data. Mm -hmm. So you have some form of income and asset documents. They may be expired. You may need to get new ones. But ultimately, you're going to lock in the loan. You're going to disclose it. Your consumer is going to review their disclosures. They're going to sign everything. You know, you know, they're going to be comfortable with their monthly payment. They're going to be comfortable with their cash to close. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to put that file off to your processor. Okay. Okay. At this point, you're going to go from driver's seat to passenger seat. Okay. You've been in the driver's seat. You've been the front person and the face person. It's going to go to your processor because your processor is going to do things like order the title title work from the title company, order the appraisal. They have to verify certain data like income and mm -hmm. assets. Sometimes that's with phone calls. Sometimes that's with uh, faxes. Some days, sometimes it's with electronic um, means. Mm -hmm. They have to... Um, at reach at times reach out to the IRS. I mean, there's a lot of just back end operational mm. tasks that are being done. They're getting your file ready so that it can be sent to the underwriter. 
the underwriter is the gatekeeper. Like I think it was two or three episodes ago, we actually had on mm-hmm. a mortgage underwriter that I got to interview. Yeah. She was the uh, regional underwriting manager for Waterstone Mortgage. Yep. Convenient it's in my backyard. I can I have access to those people. Yeah. But you know, this is someone who's 20 years in the business who manages 13 underwriters. And you know what she was ex- explaining to us that I'll explain again on this episode is they're the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. They don't get to make the rules. They get to interpret the rules that are set forth by our regulators. Our regulators could be HUD. It could be the Department of Veteran Affairs. It could be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which, by the way, their parent is the FHFA. Um, but there are rules and regulations set forth that they have to adhere to. We have to adhere to. The underwriter is the gatekeeper. They're going to look at the, the work I did up front and the work the processor did that was submitted to them, and they're going to go through a checklist to make sure that all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. Mm-hmm. Once they've done that, which, by the way, that's not a one-time through, typically. Typically, you send it to the underwriter, they approve it, but they come back and say, hey, mm. you know, you didn't use purple ink here. You forgot to dot that I. And, you know, I know the borrower's name is Steve, but all of his legal documents say, say Steven. Steven. And on this document, <laughs> yep. Steven is spelled P-H. On this one, it's a V. v. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, like, once you do all of that back and forth, your appraisal came in, your home buyer was happy with the home inspection, the processor went and tracked down all the missing documents with your and your borrower's help. Mm-hmm. The loan is our favorite acronym. Do you know this one? I think I do. What is it? C to C? CTC. CTC. Yep. Clear to close. Yeah. Clear to close. I mean, you're fully approved. This does not mean quit your job, ladies and gentlemen. This does not. You still, if you're the borrower and you're listening, you still are to not going and quit your job, don't go buy a car, don't go Mm -hmm. rack up a credit card. No, everything still must stay status quo. But your loan is fully approved. We now are going to usually hand the file back to the processor, and the processor is going to quarterback this to the closing department. Mm -hmm. Now, like the closing department is the department that's in charge of collaborating with the real estate attorney or the escrow agent or the title company. Depends on what state that you're living in. Mm -hmm. Things are going to operate differently depending on state requirements and state guidelines. Some states are what are called escrow states. Some are not escrow states. Don't let the term escrow uh, confuse you because it's multifaceted what the term escrow can mean. But just know that typically the processor now has to file back. You're doing a happy dance. Realtors are doing a happy dance. Your borrower's doing a happy dance because you made it through the hard part. Yeah. You're, you're fully approved. Everything else is formality. Let's just keep everything status quo. The closing department is going to work on uh, getting the note printed and getting the actual mortgage printed. They're going to collaborate with the title company on on the closing date. They're also going to work with the title company. This is very important to make sure that we have a finalized balance closing disclosure. Because when the consumers got their got their initial disclosure at, at, at application, they had an LE or a loan estimate. The CD is the final, hmm. right? So we estimated X, but here's your final CD. It's the debits, the credits to the seller and the buyer, the, the charges, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Once all that is done, you, the consumer, show up to closing. You, the loan officer, hopefully, hopefully are there, even if it's for a short period of time, or you're there via Skype, FaceTime, or over the phone for five or 10 minutes. Congratulate your folks. Thank them for their business. 
say hi to the realtors who were involved. You're trying to build relationships with those realtors. Hopefully they're impressed with this service that you provided and closing on time and proactively communicating and all the things that we teach in prior episodes that we'll continue to talk about over and over again. Um, Closing department does their job. The title of the the person, the borrower meets at the title company or the closing agent or the closing attorney. They sign all their documents. Somebody has to fund that file. Right. Yep. There's typically a funder. So there's certain documents that the closing department sent to the title company. The title company has to get those documents signed, Mm -hmm. shipped off to the funder. The funder reviews them. And assuming everything was signed correctly and nothing was changed, boom, the loan funds. Mm Mm-hmm. The buyer is now the owner of the home. The seller now has their proceeds. Realtors have commission checks coming in the mail. And you, the loan officer, will be getting your commission check based on whatever your company structure is. Like my company, we pay commissions twice a month. So any loan you close from day one to day 15 of the month, that loan gets that loan gets paid. The commission gets paid on the 30th. Okay. Any loan you close from the 16th to the 30th or 31st, then that gets paid the following 15th. That's because we're an independent mortgage bank. Um, It may work differently if you work for a bank or a builder, or if you're a 1099 mortgage broker, you may very well get paid three days later. Hmm. Like as soon as the third party investor that you sent that file to, because remember that was the fork in the road between a mortgage broker Mm -hmm. and a mortgage banker. The fork in the road was at time of disclosing that loan file and locking in the rate, are you doing it internally or externally? Mm. If you're doing it internally, that means your company has controlled the process. We controlled the underwriting, the closing, the funding, and then you're going to be on a commission structure where you're probably paid once or twice a month. Yeah. By the way, I've worked at places where only, we were only paid at the, at the once a month on the 15th. So mm. anything I closed from day one to day 30 or 31 would go, all the way would go to the 15th. I got you. Um, here at Waterstone, we're nice, I guess. And we closed 15th and 30th. Honestly, I was always, I'm, I'm a planner and I'm a budgeter. So whether you paid me every week, every or, two weeks or, or once a month, I'm going to budget accordingly. Yeah. But I know a lot of folks, they, they appreciate it. The money is six when we half a dozen the other. Yeah. Uh, but if I was working for a mortgage broker, I may get paid sooner hmm. because I may have a loan fund on Friday and I may have a check coming in the mail by Wednesday. Mm. I say check, who knows? It could be an ACH, could be a wire, but whatever I earned by brokering that loan, at which point I may just get commission checks. Realtors do this. They get Mm. commission checks a day or three after they, they sell the property. Hmm. So if you, you know, it's, it's less, um, predicted. Yeah. Right. Where I know at least, Hey, 15th and 30th, Mm -hmm. I could close three loans on the first, second, third. I'm not getting paid to the 30th. Yeah. Um, that's it though. That was good. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, for anyone tuning in that is thinking about entering into the mortgage business, you just entered into the mortgage business, you're hiring people who are new to the mortgage business, you're training, training them people, or, yeah. you're, or, or you're managing them. This episode was for you. Mm-hmm. I hope we did a good job. If you like what we're doing, tune in, share, yep. comment, yep. like like crazy, yep. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at the Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, call me 407-645-6363. And please check us out on YouTube. Yes, sir. We love watching our subscribers grow on YouTube. It's so fun. Yes, it is. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. This is all the time we have for this episode. 
Peace. Peace.